0: Good evening, good evening, good evening. Habatiza jioni to each and every one of you. Rahabat ne mushar, my beloved. Welcome to another impactful episode of Spiritual Vitamins. As always, I am your brilliant teacher, the chosen one. Now, let's not be coy, people. might be looking up for the world, but we are still far from excellent, far from wonderful, far from being complete. I'm here to tell you now, beloved, it doesn't get any easier. It only gets harder. Today, beloved, I would like to speak to each and every one of you about the one thing in our lives that we can hold dear to, and that's hope for a better tomorrow. Beloved, I've taught you all everything I could possibly teach, but I noticed there's one straight topic I have never really touched on. I tend to shy away from this topic because it's not a topic I want to talk about because I know a lot of people are going to look at it negatively. And that's this. In the basic American household, the picture-perfect American family is someone who is blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and white with a husband or a wife Several kids. They live out on the countryside with a big house with a white picket fence, the two beautiful American-bred dogs, and the big backyard for the nice, good old American family cookout. But we all know that that image is distorted. It's distorted because what is defined as the great American family It's not exactly the great American family by definition. That's because at the end of the day, beloved, the dream of what America was supposed to look like was not what it is imagined to be. The Indians controlled this land. This was theirs. The idea of the picture-perfect Actual Indians or actual America, if you will, was that of a perfect Indian tribal family. There was no big family cookouts, no Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade, no 4th of July celebration with fireworks. All of that was a culture forced onto a land of people who didn't even realize what they were learning. (sighs) Beloved, the image is distorted. The image we see in the mirror is distorted. The image we take, a picture of our phones, is distorted. It's distorted because That image is only made up of what we all want to believe is the definition of what it should be. I'm going to be honest with you. I tend to think that the picture of the perfect American family is an African-American dad. Any woman of his choosing, be she Hispanic, Caucasian, Asian, you name it. Lithuanian, Russian, you name it. The either all black or biracial children. The big old farmland because he's a country boy. And what, the chicken coop? Area where the cows go, couple of sheep, couple of goats, a hen house with a nice big area for. Family to sit with the fire pit, outside kitchen that area, all next to a big ass pool. Now see that, that right there is a picture perfect American family. That's an American family I can get down with. That's an American family I want to come over eat ribeye steak with. That is an American family. See, 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 ma'am. That is an American family. Okay, ma'am. But see, that's my definition. That's what I believe it looks like. Some of you might disagree and say it's a pure Hispanic family. Pure Indian family. Pure Jewish family. Whatever. Whatever is your ideal of your cornucopia, your slice of Americana. I'm here to tell you now, man. You can have it. You can have it, I don't want it. See, let me tell y'all what my picture-perfect American family looks like. First of all, my picture-perfect family is not even American. My picture-perfect family is African. My picture-perfect family lives in a nice, big farmland in Africa. We have an, an animal reserve with some cats to raise and big cats to raise, lions, and cheetahs, and jaguars. And we have an enclosure where we feed them, nurse them, and then release them back into the wild. We got sheep, cows, couple of yaks, couple of bison, couple of bulls, chicken house, or basically a chicken coop, hen coop, hen house rather. My country is just as big as America, it's Wakanda. That's my idea of my big slice of Americana. That's what the slice I want. Y'all can continue to suck from the teat of America if y'all want. But I'm not. Quite frankly, I I see our Wakanda sitting there waiting for us, but we're just too damn scared to go and turn it into it because we know exactly what would happen. If we took our black tails back to Africa and regrew Africa into being the top country that could dwarf the United States of America, the United States of America would not be able to compete. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't be able to compete. See, some of you are so enthralled in the slice of Americana bullshit that this country has given you that you don't even recognize the doodoo in front of you. You think it's Kalmanuda. It's not Calmanuda. It's not. It's not Cal It's crap. In the Bible, Moses had everything in Egypt. He had everything as far as I can see land, gold, women. Man, this man had every night he can get his jaw smacked around by a different Egyptian woman. Bring me a woman, bring her so she may smack my Egyptian jewels around. Up. Moses was living it up, man. Uh, 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 uh. Second line, second line, second line. Moses was living it up. And then you know what happened? They found out that he was an Israelite, a Hebrew. He lost it all. But God was sending them to a place where he said, you can make this place that I'm sending you, you know, you can make it just as big as Egypt. And they could. But, like, you and I, they wanted what they had. They wanted all the stuff they had. They were so bamboozled. But all the stuff they had, they weren't paying attention to the truth. I'm trying to get everyone to understand, man. We are being fed lies, and we're being told that this is life, when it's not. It's not. This is not life. If this was life, man, trust me, it would be. But I'm telling you this now, it's not. It's not life, because see, here's my idea of what life is. My idea of what life is, is a simple fact, life is beautiful, okay? Okay? Life is being surrounded by people who will truly help y'all and care. We are so deluded that we don't even help our fellow black people who live around us. None of my neighbors, when my mom passed, none of them, none of my neighbors, which they all knew because I made it loud and proud. None of my neighbors ever offered condolences, never said, hey man, We heard about the fact that your mom passed. Nothing. Oh, but when it comes to the niggas in the neighborhood, oh, yeah, they can congregate with them. See, we're so deluded that we're afraid to even talk to other people who share our same skin complexion. We are so afraid to speak to them. We're so afraid to get to know them. We think that we we should keep our distance. But I'm going to tell you this now, man. I'm going to tell you this story I was told. The story I was told was like this. There was a young man, his name was Kano. Kano, right, was one of the proudest warriors in his village. His mother raised him to be kind. His mother raised him to be kingly. His mother raised him to be great. Kano could run fast. Kano could jump fast. Kano was strong. He was wise. But Kano had all of the basic skills to be king. One day, Kano's skills paid off and a scouter that had come to Africa to scout for some good players, saw Kano and how skilled he was. And he told Kano, he said, hey Kano, I live in America, the land of opportunity. I want to bring you to America and teach you the skills you need to be greater. Kano thought this would be amazing So he took the flight. His mom and his brothers and sisters moved to America. They got a nice house. It was them and like at least three other blacks that lived in the neighborhood. One day Kano was at home and the thing is his mom, she did have to work in order to keep the lights on there. Keno had a tryout for the team that exact day. But his mom, who had no car, had to take the bus to a bus to get across town to get home. She had to take at least two buses to be able to get home. The next door neighbor next to him was an African American. (coughs) And from Where Kano's from? African Americans always talk to each other. They congregate. He knocked on their door and he said, hello. He introduced himself, he said, I am Kano. I am from Africa. And they said, all right, thank you. You know, and then closed the door on his face. Kano didn't understand. Was there something wrong, he said? His mother gets home. Kano goes is an hour late from his tryout, but got tryout anyway. Coach is like him said, cool, you want a team. The next day, Kano was outside, tending to the yard and exercising. He saw his next-door neighbor in the yard, and he said, Hello, remember it is Kano from Africa? And the people said, they said, how you doing, Kano, and everything like that. And then they continued to do what they were doing. And he said, I have a big concern. Is it something I am doing wrong? Am I offending you in any way, shape, or form? They didn't even answer Kano. Kano didn't understand. His mom needed him to go to a store, so Kano went to the store to go get some eggs, some milk, and some cheese. Kano left to go get the eggs and milk and the cheese. As he left to go get the eggs and milk and the cheese, Kano came across another African-American. In his village, Kano knew that, you know, all African-Americans were closed, or all Africans were closed. So Kano spoke to them. He said, hello, my name is Kano. And they said, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, and walked right past him. understand. All these people who are of the same skin color as him wouldn't talk to him. So, that same day when Kano had practiced, Kano had asked his coach, he said, Coach, I must ask you a question. I am new here to America. Well, why is it all of the people of the same color as me do not even speak? In my country, it is forbidden for your fellow brothers and your sisters of the same skin complexion to not speak to you. He said, well, Kano, you're not in Africa. He made Kano have to wise up and understand. In this country, not everybody's gonna be nice and speak to everybody. The moral of that story is all it takes is just one little high just to make someone's day. Kendall had to learn the hard way that the rules are different in another country. He's trying to come over there to the United States with the customs he had in Africa. That's not going to work. see a fellow African American struggling and we will never even offer to help. We'll see another fellow African American stranded and we won't even offer to help. But when a white person do it, oh, that white person is being racist. Now, how is that? Just because your black tail wouldn't do it don't mean that everyone else has to act like Neanderthals and a-holes. I do realize this. A lot of us are frightened to talk to one another because we don't know what their intentions are. But I'm here to say one thing, man. We all brown-skinned it at the end of the day. Except for you like bright fools. Y'all butterscotch. Or cream color. Yeah. So, be nice like Kano. And if you can't do what Kano did, well, is a deficiency. That's all the time I have on my show today. I hope each and every one of you become blessed by what I've said. And I hope you take it to heart. I don't mean Kevin Hart. Take it to your heart. Digest it in your soul. And give that soul power. Power understanding, power love, power gentleness. Give it power. Rahabat, Mushar to each every one of you. Ebadiz mancha and stay safe and blessed.